Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Oh. <laughs> We're leaving that in. I'm so glad you wish yourself good morning. Good morning to me. That's a whole new thing, self-love. You've taken it to that is, What a perfect day. Valentine's Day to be doing it. So um, we are recording this on Valentine's Day. Um, it is Valentine's Day. So hello to you again, Lisa. <laughs> Hi, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by just me, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honestly, talk about me being pot noodle. Have we ever told the story about pot noodle? I don't think so. We might have done, but we're going to tell it again now. So basically, so that I can bring it back to me and actually you do all (laughs) know that I'm part of this podcast. Because we've said Lisa way too many times. (laughs) When I used to work behind the bar when I was about 18, there was a lad there and he started saying that I was the pot noodle girl and I didn't know why. I thought it was actually to do with my hair. I was going to say looking at your hair now because it's all like... Well, it was curly then as well, so I actually just thought it was about noodles. Anyway, um, it turns out it wasn't about noodles. It was about because the advert goes, it's all me, 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 me. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Hello, pot noodle girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> so just in case you don't know, you are listening to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober, not just by Lisa. She's one half, right? She's one half. <laughs> and I'm the other. Oh, right. Now we've got that out of the way. We've had a bit of a weird run with podcasts, haven't we, this last couple of weeks? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we like mix matching them all together. <laughs> we are. And like, we've we've kind of ended up being stood up a couple of times and things like that but I think I've got to grips with it because I'm pretty sure well I did send out reminders yesterday but I have messed up again and I do need you to know this so hopefully this is actually going out after the one I've messed up so if you've heard last week's podcast and it's all all right what I'm about to say to you didn't happen but basically he's from America and I said are you still okay for tomorrow not realizing that he was still two days away because obviously because of the time difference it was late night two days ago rather than the night before. So he was like, "Uh, well, tomorrow's the 13th. And I was like, it's not here, it's the 14th. So he may or may not turn up, Lisa, basically. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, happy uh, one year of being a grandma. Oh, my God. I can't can't believe how quick this year's gone. It also seems like forever ago. Like me and Rob were saying this, because me and Rob didn't live together this time last year. And I was saying, can you believe like I'd come up to your house this time last year? And then I got the phone call to say Beth was in labour and I had to go. And we were like, oh my God, that seems like forever ago. Isn't it your anniversary with Rob as well around It now? is, yeah. Yeah, is that today? Yeah. It's yeah. happy anniversary as well. I'm a sucker for Valentine's Day. I yeah, love clearly. it. She loves Valentine's Day. She loves herself. <laughs> <laughs> It's still making me laugh. I do. I I love it. Look, I've even got my, um, for those that can see, my beautiful flowers behind me. And I know some people aren't lovers of doing this on Valentine's Day, but anybody that's ever gone out with me knows that it is a must. (laughs) But also you do buy yourself flowers even when you've not had a man in your life, haven't you, on Valentine's Day? Yeah, I have to. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important. In fact, can I tell you something about this and then we'll move on from the lovey-dovey stuff if you want. Um, but I, well, got I was just going to say before you do, I hadn't actually even said happy Valentine's Day to my husband. I've just realised. <laughs> <laughs> I could not marry you if you didn't wish me happy Valentine's Day. You wished it to me either. I won't worry. You don't even know what day it is. Go on. I got. Um, I get these little notes from the universe every day. And today says, if everyone really knew how much they were loved, not only from above, but by everybody now in their life, there'd be little hearts drawn on everything from wheelbarrows to skyscrapers to jumbo jets. And I so look forward to that day. And I thought, you know what? We are all loved. Like we're all loved by somebody. I've been lovey-dovey this week, haven't I? But not to Sam. Yeah, you've been well lovey-dovey. Sending me little screenshots of cards and stuff. And, and yeah, screenshots of cards to best friends and memes and little verses on Instagram. I was like, what is she doing? You're, the, you're obviously the first love of my life. <laughs> well, obviously. 
<laughs> yeah, you actually are. <laughs> like that is real, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. I know I'm yours. So, you know, Rob's just going to have to accept that he's second best. <laughs> oh, dear. So we had our piercing party on Saturday just gone. We yeah. love our piercings. I know it sounds weird, because especially if you didn't know what a piercing party was, but basically Leah's sh- uh, Leah, that, now you're my daughter. Leah, Lisa's yeah. showing off. Lisa's showing off her ears if you can't if you're uh, I'll speak actually, because if those watching, um, they won't be able to see because you were talking. Yeah. So if I talk, now you can see my ears at the same time. Bring it back to me. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with her today at all. For God's sake, it's normally me. This it's really off putting. Now I know why I'm annoying. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's had her ears done. I've had my ears done, and I'm also showing that I can't get over how bruised that one is, um, Lisa. On my whatever it's called, tragus. It's so bruised. Oh, I can't believe how many like different ear part names there is. Oh no! Who like, where do you want it? Uh, there, please. There or there, but there's like lots of different names for all the different parts of your ears. I think we do need to tell the story where uh, the praise story. You did oh. have to be there, right? You did actually have to be there, so it might not be that funny. But Lisa and I went up together in the room, and it was like a scene from a, mat- a maternity ward, right? It so actually Lisa, was. It was. Lisa was laying the bed, <laughs> and she went, "Will you hold my hand?" <laughs> like we don't hold hands ever, right? But we did. We held hands, and then her and the lady who was piercing were just chatting away casually. And the the lady said to Lisa after her first one, well done, you've done amazing, or something like that. And all Lisa said was, I like praise, yeah? I said, thank you so much. I love praise. (laughs) And the the lady went, I love prick too. (laughs) (laughs) It was that awkward moment of saying, do I tell her I said praise or do I just leave her thinking that I've said I love pricks? Like, what what do you do in that moment? I corrected her, but I spoke to my girls about this. I was telling them and both my girls went, oh, no, I wouldn't have corrected her. I said, so have you walked away all thinking you love pricks? I think I would have corrected her. I'd have done what you did, but it was just so funny because her reaction then was brilliant, wasn't it? She was funny. She just laughed and laughed. But yeah, it was a really, really good day. Enhance of Cheshire. Um, that's what she's on uh, social media. So yeah. if, if you're in that area, I'll tell you what, it's worth traveling. We had a member come all the way from Leeds. It took me 50 minutes to get there, but it was absolutely worth doing. What a beautiful house, a really good experience, something dead fun. Alex, it was Alex that um, pulled together this event. And honestly, you nailed it. It was so good. It's It's my kind of thing that though, I find that easy because I'm not actually just standing around talking to people. I'm doing something. And I liked the fact that you absolutely smashed everybody at pool, including me. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? It came back. That pub life came back to me quickly. It came back to both of us a bit bloody quick. We were stood behind the bar for ages. (laughs) Yeah, we were stood behind the bar. We were the first on pool table. It was good, that one. I can't believe I beat you at something. I'm so chuffed. (laughs) (laughs) Would it help if I told you I let you in? I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) No, I know know you did. I know you wouldn't. I know you. And I think our listeners know you well enough. Absolutely. Wouldn't. So do you know where I was yesterday? Go on. So this is weird because it's not something I would do even though I did it. But I went into Manchester yesterday um, with the kids and two of the kids and, and Daniel's girlfriend. So I ended up with a family of five, even though I've got rid of one, which is weird. <laughs> um, but we had a really nice day. We went for some food and stuff. And um, we went into Manchester Cathedral because I wanted to go in. All right. I've not been in for years and years. I used to be in the girls' choir there. So I thought, well, I'll have a little look in, see if I remembered it. Do you know what I noticed? The organ is right in the middle of the floor. I took a photo of it. It's on my Instagram. Well, it's not now because it'll have gone. But the organ was there. So, like, I, w- I really wanted to have a go of it, but I didn't. I always take pictures of organs now for you, but I don't even think I send them to you. Really don't. Every- That's weird. <laughs> Every time I've been away, oh, there's an arc because I love going in churches and things it's like beautiful, that. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's just such a lovely feeling walking in, but I do always take a picture of the organ. In fact, I bet if I typed it in my phone, loads of organs. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, this organ was beautiful. Honestly, I was so tempted to have a go. I reckon if I go in again, I might take some music with me and be brave enough to have a Oh, that would be so good. I would love to be a passerby in that moment. Well, and- speaking of passerby, so then after we'd left the cathedral, we were walking up to where we were going for food. And we walked through St Anne's Square and, you know, St Anne's Church on the corner, the really little yeah. one. I could yeah. hear the organ playing in there. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go have a look in there as well. And it was a bit hidden, but it was a young lad playing it. And it was really nice. It was drawing people in off the street. That is so nice. Yeah, There's was... a little cafe in that one, isn't there? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Yeah, there is. I've been in with my mum. Uh, no, I didn't know. I feel like we sound like, if people listen to this last few minutes, we sound like not what who we are. We sound really boring. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the say. church cafe with my mum. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm organ spotting in Manchester, which is not what I do. But I do, Have you seen that big statue of Gandhi as well? No. There's a massive statue of Gandhi outside the cathedral now. He is massive and he wasn't a big man, I don't think. So when we went there... size? No, it's massive. It's like, it's a giant size. But we went there and um, Lee and my daughter went, I thought he was little. And we were like, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's a scale. I know, I've never really thought of his height. I think, I reckon he's little. Well, he was. I also didn't realise he was so recent. By a recent, I don't know, because I feel really stupid. Well, he didn't die until the 1940s. Oh, that's not recent. That's ages ago. It's not. I thought it was centuries ago. No. (laughs) Oh, well, now I don't feel stupid. (laughs) I did. But I think I might have got him mixed up with the Buddha. (laughs) As you can see, I know my history. Anyway, what have you been up to this week? So I have been preparing... I don't know what I've been doing, actually. I've had a weird week. I've had such a weird week. We had Isabella's birthday party on Sunday, which was really nice. Um, For those of you that know the story about my ex-husband, just as I arrived, they were just going. um, And I was on the phone to you, weren't I, before I went in. But, um, yeah, so I escaped that narrowly. 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 Yeah, you said it right. Yeah. Um, oh my God. The, yeah, this is what I wanted to tell you. So, my window cleaner, right? So, I've got a couple of window cleaners. One of them's really nice. Why have you got a couple? Well, I think there's a few of them that. Oh, they work together. Oh, no, it's like the same business. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you like had different ones for oh, a second. One for the back. I'm greedy. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, go on. So one of them, I always think, is a bit sleazy. The other one who collects money off me is really nice. He's a dead nice guy and we have a little banter at the door and off he goes. Anyway, the sleazy one, I just do not like him. I got told off the other one that once he went on holiday and didn't tell his wife. He rang her when he got there because he couldn't be bothered with all the hassle. So I've never liked him from that moment. I think he's just a sleaze and he tries to be flirtatious but in an old-fashioned, sleazy way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I can't even believe this, right? So the other week comes, and it's... um, He's one of them. So the other guy collects the money. But if he's cleaning the window and I'm just happen to be passing by, he goes, do you want to pay me now? Do you want to pay me now? I think, no, I don't. I want the nice guy to come and knock on my door, not you. <laughs> I have cash flowing out of my pockets. Don't want to pay you now. I'm just going to work. So it really irritates me. But I think it's him in general that irritates me. So yesterday, right, Rob's off work and I'm at work. I can't even believe it. And Rob brings me. <laughs> really weird firstly I don't know which way to say it firstly my ring doorbell goes off so and they dung the bell so I just had a dung quick look the bell my, yeah so they dung the bell so I, I had a quick look on my phone and I, I actually said oh it's my sleazy window cleaner and then just closed it right didn't think anything of it two minutes later I get a phone call off Rob oi what's this that you make this window cleaner cups of tea every week so I said what? He went, he's just asked me for a brew. He says, you normally make him a cup of tea. I said, 
Rob, I have never, ever made that window cleaner or any other window cleaner a cup of tea in my life. I I was like, you're lying. Are you lying? He said, no, I swear to God, he's knocked on the door. And this is what happened, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's not really funny. He knocked on the door, well, dung the bell. Rob answers and says, I am. (laughs) And he says, oh, is she not in? Oh. Right. <laughs> so Rob says, no, because he doesn't mince his words, right? He just goes, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> he doesn't over talk like me. Oh, um, oh well, I, I, I was just going to ask for a cup of tea. She normally makes us a cup of tea. Why it's a complete lie, right? What do you do? I, well, I think it's a weird, it's creeping me out. Why, like, are you going to tell him? No, because I don't, I'm not good with this, am I? So, Rob Well, said, you are. You told somebody you weren't talking about pricks. I reckon it's miles easier than that. That was in a funny situation. This is serious. <laughs> I think I'd be saying, why are you telling my fiancé, boyfriend, husband? Boyfriend. Oh, it's my fiancé, is it? <laughs> well, it's Valentine's Day. Um, why, why are you telling my boyfriend that I make you cups of tea when you're just lying? I think well, I'd even awful, say it in front of him. awful situation. I knew it was a sleaze bag, but imagine, this is what we were saying yesterday, like, imagine if I was in, like, a really, I don't know, abusive relationship or something, you know, like, yeah, have a laugh about stuff like that, me and Rob, and, you got, like, we trust each other implicitly, but that is, like... No, it could cause a problem. Yeah. I, th- I just can't believe you did it. I once had a kitchen full of window cleaners, right? Because you know, <laughs> in my last house, um, I don't know how it happened, but I offered him a cup of tea, and like five of them all came in, and that were really. Oh, he was getting me mixed up with you, weren't yeah. it? Well, I was miles away from you, but, but yeah, I, I, what I was going to say is, I would advise you don't make them cups of tea because I did have five of them stood in my kitchen, and it was really awkward. And I thought, oh, oh imagine if they all happened. Bring a flask. If you know you work outside all day, bring a flask. Don't knock on people's doors. Ask for cups of tea and then charge them for cleaning the windows. And lie that you normally get it. And lie. Like, it's really shocked me, Alex. Like, why would he say... And I think it's the fact that he's gone, oh, is she not in? But we both have a very similar car, Rob and I. Like, we've both got... He's obviously thought you were there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, God, creepy. And Rob's actually got a Be Sober sticker on his car. I don't have one on mine. So that's a very easy mistake to make. How weird. Oh, I, I think you might have to consider pulling him up. Oh, that's so awkward. Anyway, I, I came home and there was, bless him, Rob, there were three half cups of tea on the side. And I said, did you make him one? He said, no, I did not after I'd spoke to you. But he did start making them all one. Which I oh. thought was really sweet considering the sleazeball. How time. funny that he's gone, yeah, and then decided not to. So they actually knew then that he wasn't going to make a cup of tea. See, I think that's even funnier. <laughs> yeah. He's gone, all right, then gone to make it. Then me go, going, oi, why are you giving this way to clean up cups of tea? And then she changed his mind. Should we tell everybody who our guest is today? Yeah. Right, it's Matt Pink. And he is also known on Instagram as the Better Life Guy. And I believe that he is one of the founders of the Dry app. So let's let him in because he's actually already here. I can't even believe our paths haven't crossed actually up until now. It's really weird because we're in the same sphere. It's like you took that out of my mind. Like I was really ready for that to be the first thing that I said to him, yeah. Yeah, go on then. You say it. Hello, Hello, Matt. Hi. Hello. <laughs> We was just saying then that we can't believe that our paths have never crossed. No, can I? Can you hear me first of all? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, no, I know. I thought the same thing. I was just talking. I just literally recorded another podcast, and they were like, "Who are you on with next?" I was like, I'll "Be sober," and they were like, "Oh, who are they?" I was like, "What do you mean who are they?" That's what you should have said. <laughs> Go on. No, I don't mean. No, like, uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Where are you guys based? Up in Manchester. Ah, yeah, no, well, we, we well, we've probably been at events or you know, other things that you've been at, like club soda events and stuff like that in the past. Which I just don't know why we've never crossed paths. It's like we know who you are, we see your stuff. You, you have a, something to do with one of our ambassadors, Barbara. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we know all about you. Well, we don't know all about you, thankfully, because you're going to tell us. But we know, you know, a lot about the Dry app. We know a lot about your personal Instagram that you, you do your sober influencing from. Some of our members have crossed paths with you, but yet we haven't. So hello, and it's nice to meet you. Here we are. <laughs> that was a long-winded hello, wasn't That's it? No wonder it. you've not bothered with us. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Very good. Um, we, we were just talking quite a lot about some various bits and pieces that we've been going on this week. We've, we've just come back from a piercing party. So we were actually one of our members, who Lucy. Yeah, oh, Lucy, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw she, I was just about to say, I, was, I saw someone who was at a piercing party the other day were you, with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when we said you were coming on the podcast and she was like, oh, right, yeah, I know, Matt, because apparently you've been together recently, so... Yeah, she was on my Tarifa trip last year. Yeah. She's a, I I love her. She's brilliant. She's like the life and thank God she was on it. She was like so helpful in like bringing the energy with, you know, we got a group event and she's just like was owning it. I loved her. She's, I want to meet her, meet up with her. She's coming down to London soon. So hopefully catch up with her. Where about in London are you based? Um, We've got an office in Shoreditch. All right. Okay. So yeah, that's right near the, um, that's where William Porter lives near there, I think, Shoreditch. Does he? I, I think know. so, yeah. We were going to do an event down in Covent Garden um, and that was something to do with Shoreditch. I can't remember quite what, but there you go. <laughs> there you go. That was a, that was many moons ago when we first uh, became Be Sober, so there you have it. How long have you guys been going? Uh, but, well, officially four years, but five with Be Sober Manchester. So it's first started in Manchester five years ago and then four years when it became Be Sober as it is now. And Lisa and I um, got ambassadors all over the place. So it's just grown and grown and grown from there. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, let's talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're here. You're not here to talk about us. <laughs> Are we recording already? Yeah, yeah we're in. Yeah, we're we're right in. We're right in. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're welcome. If we always find that if we warn people, they like pretend they're someone else and we don't. <laughs> She's lying. Normally, she just send a message to tell you that we're recording straight away. So I thought you knew that. So I'm really I sorry. think I did tell Lindsay, but she's not passed the message on. So blame Lindsay. It's fine. Oh, blame. Yeah, all right. All blame. That's all right. Luckily, luckily, we're all authentic and sober. So we're nice people all the time. Yeah. Can you imagine if we'd have come on and gone, oh, for God's sake, we've got to pretend we're sober now. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have edited it out don't worry <laughs> <laughs> tell us about you tell us about your journey to where you are now because it's you've been around I mean I can't remember you not being around so I think you were there when we first were there yeah I'm a bit of a veteran now it's coming on four years since I've started in this space and I remember like when I first saw Andy Ramage's videos and he, he as far as I know he was the only person in the sober world so I, I remember saying to my missus like I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this sober Instagram account, and because no one else is doing it, literally no one else in the whole world's doing it, and, I, <laughs> and, it, and it was so weird because now that there's literally thousands of people doing it, isn't yeah. there? Um, and it's just booming. So yeah, my my journey started four years ago when in lockdown I, I took a break from the booze. Well, previous to lockdown, when lockdown came around, I was like, right, I'm going to give this thing up once and for all, uh, and did. And uh, you know, the last four years has just been an absolute blast i've loved every second of it uh, you know we've done loads of alcohol free events i've started the better life guy instagram account i've written a book i've started dry um and yeah i'm only just really getting started and warmed up i feel very excited about what the future holds got a festival this year it's all going on Amazing. did you mean to be sober for this long yeah i wanted to do 10 years all oh, right okay that's interesting. So, Ten years. I chose thirty days. Geez, you're hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself, I wanted to do ten years because I thought my, my theory was a, I could never do dry January. I couldn't even do like a month. So when I when it came to doing a longest thing, I, I could get my head around that. But um, yeah, ten, the ten year thing was like I could probably achieve what I would do in a whole lifetime in ten years, it being sober. So and then and then my my the carrot to myself at the time was then I'm going to move to Spain. I'm going to buy a vineyard and I'm going to get smashed for the rest of my life. (laughs) And uh, that was what I thought. That was genuinely what I thought. And that was how I lured myself into it. Um, And weirdly, I still sort of blurred that because you've got, you know, we look, well, right. So everyone likes to pretend they're 
hundred percent sober. And I, you know, I love alcohol. I loved alcohol. That's why I'm in such a fucking mess of alcohol. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not ruling out drinking it again, but I think for 10 years, I can just live with that, get on with it, try and inspire loads of people, change my own life. And the, the chances are when you get to that 10 year mark, yeah, why would I go back to it? But, you know, in my mind, I've still got that idea that I flirt with every now, now and again, which keeps me going. It's I interesting like... that. because Yeah, it is interesting because I've never met. I don't think we've ever had anyone on who's gone, yeah, I loved alcohol. And like, is still thinking that, yeah, I loved it. I have, honestly, I am one of the few people that I know that actually has no regrets about my drinking. I really don't. Like, I loved every... I didn't like the end when I decided to stop because I was in a bit of a bad place. But I wouldn't go back and never not drink, if that makes sense. Oh, good, yeah, it makes sense. I've got my kids now, my oldest one's 15, and um, I don't want her to not drink. Like, Really? Got, That's interesting. No, why would you... Like, the thing is, right, this is the... This is where... <laughs> I think I'm very different to a lot of people. Like, like I say, I love alcohol. I probably will drink it at some point, even if it's just for a laugh, like when I'm 10 years time. <laughs> um, but it might just be, I might just do a live and just be like my first ever beer in 10 years. But no, I, like I, I've got a very different and relaxed view about it because I know that I was an all or nothing person. Yeah. There's a lot of all or nothing people out there which relate to me and it's easier to give it up than it is to try and moderate. And actually we get the benefit, more of a benefit than most people from it because we hit it so hard when we hit it. You know, I was just yeah. talking to someone on a previous podcast that had a glass of wine every now and again. When she went sober, she, she did 14 months off of it and she was like, yeah, I felt good for it, but it didn't feel amazing. And I think if you're sort of all could take it or leave it and then you decide to leave it, you're not going to get the same massive springboard effect that we do if you're sort of an all or nothing person so it's a big sliding scale i want to go and inspire the world to take a break from it if you can take a break for 30 days great take a break for 10 years great but once you have a little peek behind the curtain and you realize how good life can feel then it's up to you how how you know whether you want to go back but i think once you uh, my my guess and my assertion and people that i've helped so far is if you can help people have a good chunk of time off of it even if they do go back to it they always think, oh, no, I don't, I don't like this. I want to go back the other way again. And they end up coming back to sobriety anyway. So, yeah, it's a, I do have a bit of a relaxed, different approach to it all. Um, but ultimately, I just want to help inspire people to just realise that you can take a break. It doesn't have to be dry January. You don't have to have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And you could just do it for the benefits, the many benefits that come with it. Yeah, I think I, I'm a bit different than that, is in that like, I've got an 18-year-old now and he does drink, but... I really wish you wouldn't because I do feel that good now. I probably would. You can never say never, I don't think, but I really truly believe I won't go back. Do you know what I mean? Don't regret anything I did, but now I'm at a point where I don't want to go back to that, if that makes sense. You're completely different, aren't you, Lise? I don't know. I'm, I'm like tempted to say, am I in 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> Can we do it together? Yeah, I'm kind of liking this idea. You know what? We were talking about this the other day, actually, and we were saying how, you know, like, if somebody had just said to me at the beginning, right, you're going to stop drinking forever and ever, I'd have been like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Like, it was such a big part of my identity. And I was very much, I was a binge drinker. I hit it hard, which is probably why I got so much benefit in the, like, honestly, I was like, oh my God, this world is amazing. I, I have floated on this pink fluffy cloud for such a long time. But what we were saying the other day is there, there is moments and we don't get to speak about this a lot because of us running a sober community of where I think, oh, my God, is it it is forever and ever like I could never, ever drink again. And that sometimes gives me a little bit of fear. So in the beginning, when it was my decision, I was like, yeah, I'm never going to drink again. And now I'm like, hmm. What, what we were saying it earlier about being stuck by your own success. Yeah, like yeah. be sober really has us by the balls in a lot of ways because <laughs> we're in it now, influencing people in our community to stay sober. Like that's where your accountability is, and that's where I think uh, I wanted to tread carefully because. I'm very aware how quick things can change in life. And yeah. I, I'm very aware of the pressure of saying forever. And yeah, that's why I, I won't be like saying anything publicly like, oh my God, I want to drink. I'm never ever going to drink again. 
Like, because I don't know that. And I, 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 I'll say the 10 year thing because that gives me enough to motivate myself to do it. But I also know that tragedy lives around the corner and that could drive me to, you know, something, anything can drive you to it. So you never can be too sure. But to your point, you're doing a good thing, inspiring people now that's for now. Like, you don't know how long it'll be. You're not going to be doing Be Sober podcast in 10 years, probably. Um, but you're oh doing God, a bloody good. We're all or nothing, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> This is it forever and ever now. We'll be little old biddies with our microphones. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's a different, everyone's got a different approach, and I think you have got to be careful not to. The idea of all of us, what all we're all trying to do is just inspire people to just take a break, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. How long you do that break for, what that looks like, is up to you. And we're all on like a big sliding scale, so it's different for everyone. What you said at the beginning back, sorry, about Alex, I, I, before we go forward, I want to take you back a little bit. What what was your reasons for giving up then in the first place? Well, I mean, my story is long and tragic. Right, we've got time. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of people have probably heard it, so I tried to keep it in a bit of a whistle stop tour. But uh, I didn't really. I, I love drinking. Like I said, my, my whole life I love drinking. Growing up, my dad, my dad was a drinker. I was a drinker. We drank together. I got a job that involved drinking and drugs and, you know, fashion and like just glamorous, quite glamorous celebrity sort of lifestyle, hanging out with people that were cool and cool places doing cool things. And, um, and yeah, then I thought I'd kind of made it and my, my life involved drinking really like boozy lunches after work, you know, weekends at home, kind of the two separate drinking lives. And then uh, it, it, over a, a period of time, that kind of uh, as my, I got more and more serious into my job, and I had more good money, and it, yeah, it became a little bit more difficult to juggle everything, given with that party lifestyle. But then uh, got married and had two kids, a daughter and a son, and, and 2012, like life was looking pretty good, and yeah, everything was very positive. And then in 2013, my son died suddenly in in the April of 2013, and that was uh, that was the moment where everything sort of changed in terms of. Well, everything changed but all specifically with the drinking because i always say that i'd gone from someone who kind of wanted to drink and i've wanted that lifestyle to someone who needed to drink because that was uh what helped me in many ways i thought it was helping me um get through it so that was the big turning point in my lifestyle in my lifetime and my you know 2013 to 2018 was just a downward spiral of drink drugs trying to cope trying to battle through um and at no point did I want to get, give it up. In fact, I was the opposite. I was making sure I, there was drink in the fridge. And that was kind of, like I said, thought, I thought it was helping me. But over a period of time, that caused me to really lose everything, like lose everything I had in my life and my house and my marriage and everything like that, financial burden on myself. And I just lost all respect for myself. It just didn't really give a shit about anything um, to a point where I hit a rock bottom. And then uh, that was, again, it was kind of a big springboard for me, luckily, that sprung me back up and caused, you know, inspired me to take a break from the booze. And I, I had a bit of a spiritual moment, which again, I've told many times, but it, where I was uh, sort of someone stopped. Well, have you heard my story before? Should no, I go no, honestly, no, honestly, no, really. It's, it's brand new to us. So I know, and I'm so sorry that you've kind of had to tell this, but it's brand new to us and it probably will be to a lot of our listeners as well. So please go. go yeah, I don't it. feel like you're under pressure to sort of, could even whistle stop it because it's like whoa yeah, yeah. it's uh so you so basically when i when he when he died in 2013 i was i was kind of look you, you have this you obviously don't know what you're about to go through so it was all carnage and you you look around for support and yeah you know, my workplace gave me really good support and they were really positive and they were obviously professional and they gave me time off and they put me into really good counselling sessions, but yeah, that that I just didn't relate to that at all. I just couldn't sit there in a room with a geezer in central London talking to him about my dead son. I just didn't feel like it was doing anything for me. So I kind of quickly just got rid of that. Um, and then you like you look at your wife, you look at your parents, for you look at anyone for support, but obviously everyone's dealing with their own grief because of what happened. So and then you look at you know, my daughter was there and she was a young girl, like lead need her dad needs the roof over her head and like life has to unfortunately you know, at that point go on my bills need to be paid and stuff like that so i sort of went back into work head first um tried to earn the money tried to sort of keep at least keep my job um but all the time i was got drinking and sniffing gear and just basically it became something of a 
a need rather than a want, like I said. And um, that ultimately led me on a bit of a downward spiral because someone said to me, oh, time's a healer. And I thought, well, what can, what, what goes quick? And I was like, drinking drugs, that goes really quick when you do that. Um, so I thought, and I genuinely thought that, I thought that would help me, um, but obviously it didn't. And years later, um, I, I, I found myself at a point where I was like really lost everything. I was losing grip on anything that I had. And um my mum and sister had been going to see a spiritualist um, for like my whole lifetime. And I thought it was a load of bullshit. And I thought I'm not bothered doing that. But I got to a point, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do that. So I just rang someone and I booked a meet like a medium appointment because I thought I was sort of desperate to feel better. And none of these counseling sessions would work and the alcohol and drugs weren't really working and no one was around me to support me. Um, so I did that and I found myself in this, in this random woman's house one day after work. And uh, I just had this incredible experience with her where she was telling me all this stuff about my life and my career and my family. And I was, I was still like a bit skeptical when I was in there. And at the end, like towards the end of the, the session, she like said, there's someone behind you and it's your great grandma. And she's trying to show you something. And I was like, what is it? And she said, it's your son. And I was just like, what? And I like burst into tears, like completely like broken by it, but also very relieved by it. Cause I think one thing when you lose your own kid, you just, which no one shows you or tells you, or you don't hear from anyone is that you just have this real, like you don't put yeah, their beds empty. You don't put them to bed. You don't know if they're all right. You don't know. It sounds ridiculous because they're not, they're not it alive. It really doesn't. It's just heart wrenching. It doesn't. Yeah. And that when she said he's fine and she, the way she said it, she's like, he's fine. He's a reoccurring spirit. He's been here before. He'll be here again. He wants you to know he's all right. I just it's that overwhelming relief. So when at, at the end of that session, I was like, oh, I feel like the first time I felt better in years for speaking to you. And she, I said, can I come back? Can I book another appointment? She was like, don't worry. If we ever need to see you, we'll come to you. You don't need to come back to us. And I was like, it's a weird thing to say, but you know, whatever. I've bounced out of there a bit more, a bit lighter and a bit, you know, a bit more jovial than I had been for years. And then life took over, got back into the drinking drugs and grief still hadn't gone. And, uh, and then one day when I'd sort of ended up losing my marriage and got sort of moved out of my house and didn't obviously live with my kids anymore, didn't have anywhere to live. I was outside a pub in London, which I drank with my mates daily. And I found myself there and with this really wild experience. Uh, it's still the most, when people stop me in the street or they send me messages, it's still the most common thing they say to me is that they can't believe the story, but it's mad. And this guy came up to me out of nowhere in the middle of, the street and just gave me this bit of paper in my hand and sort of tightly squeezed my hand and he started telling me all this stuff and he was like he was like you're you're a good guy you've got a lot to give you're going to live till you're 96 you you're going to you're going to help the world the world needs you but you need to stop doing these things and he's like he's going like drinking and smoking and all the things i was doing and um he, he said if you stop doing those things and he said and, and he said there's a girl called Kay. there's a girl called Kay. and uh i've basically been i'm like on tinder as you do when you're drunk and single um and i'd found this girl who kirsty who i'd met a couple of times for a drink um and he was like you need to go with her she's good for you she's good for you she go with her she's good for you and he was giving me all these instructions it sounds ridiculous but no one's when you're an adult no one tells you to do anything do they you tell yourself to do it and if they tell you to do anything you tell them to fuck off but when like no one's going to tell you to stop drinking your parents aren't because they're drinking no one's going to tell you that so when he was telling me all these instructions i was like i was taking i was a lost boy like looking for some wisdom and inspiration and direction from someone. And he was just giving me it. And I was just like, yeah. And I was like, for the first time, I was like, even though I had nowhere to live, I had a bag full of clothes, didn't know I was sleeping that night. I was like, yeah, I am a good guy. Yeah, I have got a lot to give. And he's, I felt like he was putting me back on like the life track. We'll get back to our chat shortly. But first, let us tell you about Be Sober. At Be Sober, you'll find a supportive community of like-minded people who understand and support you. Energize your mind and body with our fitness sessions. Discover the power of mindfulness with Be Sober Yoga. Engage in vibrant discussions, workshops and support groups with thriving Zooms. Be Sober really is the ultimate community. Whether you're sober for a short time, contemplating it or have long-term goals of making meaningful connections, it's a place where you can find your tribe and create lasting friendships. Take the first step towards an empowered and connected sober lifestyle. Join us today at besoberofficial.com. So uh, from that moment, 
uh, and end up unraveling the bit of paper when he left and he, all of this stuff that he was telling me was written down and he'd, he'd written K equals Kirsty because he never said the word Kirsty, he kept saying K. He kept telling me I was close to a flower and he'd drawn a little lily and he'd written flower equals lily and lily was my is my daughter's name and he'd written all this other stuff and he'd also hand-drawn a tattoo of a star which I'd had tattooed on my wrist um, in memory of my son. And I was just like, what? When, I, when he left, I just couldn't believe it. And I just felt like that was my rock bottom moment, but it was also my springboard of someone going, right, do this, do that, do that. Go and find her. And so I literally ran Kirsty, went for a drink with her that day or the day after, and ended up moving in with her the week after. We're now married. We've got our own kid. Um, and, yeah, that was, the, that was the comeback, the start of the comeback. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit of a wild spiritual story. But um, that did so much for me that moment, and that's led me to where I am today. That's incredible! I can't believe how gormless I look. Like wide open, mate. I love that story. Like, and he left you with a piece of paper. Like, I feel like if you hadn't got the piece of paper, it could have been like a, a spiritual moment of in in your mind. Do you know in what I mean? Made it up. Yeah, no, 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 not made it up, but just like people have these spiritual moments, don't they? I'm so sorry, I've got to let my dog out, Alex. <laughs> Lisa's really spiritual. She's like a massively spiritual person. So like, it's not the same thing, obviously, but I've had a, I had a weird encounter after my dad passed away. My dad was a drinker as well. And I had this dream. And so I can't. I know I, this is a weird thing, but I, it's not the same, but it's a weird thing. And I had this dream that he'd, um, I'd met with him on this street corner and he'd said to me about catching up with this guy called Ray and I had to tell him at the funeral about this trip that they'd done and all this weird stuff. And, and I was like, in my dream, this is what if I don't remember? And he said, don't worry, you will remember. I'll make, I'll send you a sign to remember. And then the next morning when I woke up on my phone, I had a blank text message from dad's mobile. Now, admittedly, my dad's mobile was now owned by my sister and I'd kept it in my phone as dad's mobile, but it was at like half three in the morning, this random text message, which was blank. My sister swore before I even told her the story that she hadn't sent me any messages. She'd been asleep, all of these weird things. And this story came back and I ended up asking my mum about it, about this guy called Ray from London and all this stuff. And she was like, no, 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 don't know what you mean. Don't know what you mean. Anyway, Fast forward 10 days at the funeral, Ray rocks up, who's been in this band out in Germany with my dad years ago and had this whole story to tell me about. And we were like, what? Like, so I, I actually really, I know that happened. Like when I tell my story, they're all like, yeah, whatever. But like, I remember phoning Lisa and she was like, that's him. That wasn't a dream. You had an out of body experience. You actually met your dad. Did yeah. Didn't you? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm a massive believer. I think there's a lot of, crap out there but I do also I, I am a big but it's really weird because I did um, we had a lady who's written a book The Naked Truth of a Glamour Model she did a reading for Abby Sober members last night and she was a heroin addict and she was telling some crazy stuff that she got up to as you can imagine um, but one of her turning point was a spiritual moment and she said she was just walking rock bottom it, it was after a suicide attempt um, and she literally heard a voice say to her, you can, you can be reborn. That's what it said to her. And she knew in that moment that she could. And from that moment, she stopped everything. It changed, changed her life completely. So I think that's what I was getting at when I was saying you can have them moments, but you've got a left a piece of paper. I feel like yours is more special. <laughs> yeah, also, like, the piece of paper I think I rolled up and stiffed the line with because I don't know what happened with it in the end. But um, my, I was I was with my mate, Ryan, which I always say to him, but thank God he was stood next to me the whole time throughout it. Um, so, because I, I was on a, on a bit of a downward spiral, so I was a bit of a state at the time. But, yeah, it was it definitely happened. And, it, and it's, do you know what? It's, it's done so much for me because not only did it give me direction of what to do next and not only did it stop me from sort of all this downward spiral, but also opened my world to spirituality and it 
although I'd sort of then got the buy-in from from the previous like session I had, once that happened to me, I was like, Do you know what, I'll be all right. Um, I'm going to be all right here, like in life. And I feel like maybe I've got an extra spirit guide now sort of showing me the way. And not that I practice spirituality all the time, but I definitely practice it quite a lot and probably more than most. And whether that's meditating or talking to the sky or even after a run, I just see connecting with the world and just knowing that, do you know what, even if, even if the worst things happen, which it happened, that that's all for a purpose. It's all for a reason. And the reason is it stopped me from this living. I could, I would have been a right fat bastard who was unhealthy and probably be making stupid decisions in central London, thinking you're the bollocks wearing all this fancy clobber. And now I'm like wearing the same hoodie every day, helping people change their life trying to bring people together and you know, make a real difference in the world. And I would literally never thought that would be me, but you know, now I've helped thousands of people, which I know that I have, that's much more rewarding. And that all had to happen in order for me to get to where I am now. So, you know, if you can start to see the reasonings behind stuff, you can start to understand it or, and just know that have that comfort that yeah, life will be all right. Um, and you are being looked after. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that because I know you'd said that you'd shared it a lot and it can be quite difficult to keep resharing it, I suppose. But I, I'm so glad you did. So thank you for trusting us with that. It means a lot. It really, right. really does. And that's why, that's why, to be honest with you, I don't go on that many podcasts anymore because I've said it so many times. So, so um, yeah, I also have written a book um, for the same reason. I wanted to share that story and i think that's why my book does so well even now years after it's been published um it still continues to it was bestseller at christmas still the how about your book's called matt uh better me better you on amazon um put the link up in the notes thank you yeah and it just yeah it, it tells the story in a bit more detail so um yeah if you want to find that more have a little read of that yeah we'll definitely share that thank you but that's not it is it because you've then bet more recently gone on to form the dry app, am I correct? You are correct. Yeah, that Tell us was about that. So when I went sober, I, like I said, Andy Ramage was the guy. He was the only guy I thought existed, and I, I remember thinking to myself, "Wouldn't it be cool if there was like a lot of people that could all be in the same room doing the same thing?" Um, so that's why I started my Better Life Guy Instagram account because I wanted to basically just inspire people to take a break and just share share what I was going through, really. And that started to take off and do pretty well. So. I thought there's a this. I started doing my own little courses, you know, better life guide courses on you know helping people take a break from the booze, doing a month off, sober masterclass, I called it, and they were doing really well as well. And I thought it'd be good to start something properly, like do something professionally that's we can take globally. And um, I wanted to work with Andy because Andy had been in the space so long. So I thought with my sort of attitude towards alcohol, in that I'm quite modern with it. I don't, I don't claim that everyone should clutch onto their day count or whatever just don't take it all too seriously just be a bit have a bit of fun with it and andy's sort of wisdom we could probably do something quite cool together so um yeah we, i wanted to create something that was fun motivational inspiring creative that looked really cool that people wanted to be part of and so we created the dry app in well about 18 months ago now um and it's just a it's a free app and the idea of it was to where it's somewhere that everybody can access all around the world. And we do a live in there every single morning at 7.30. The community's free. There's free events. We do free meetups all around the country. Um, and But we also offer courses for people that want to do more. So we offer where it gets exciting for us is really when you've given up the booze, what, you, what do you do next? Because I see so many people that give up the booze, still live the same life, work in the same job, go home, watch the same TV programme with the same person, but just don't drink. You and align then, with us so much more than you even know right now. <laughs> and, yeah. and then, they, then they, they're they not getting the full benefit of it. So it's like, right, if you've given up drinking, you've got all this time, motivation, energy, money back, what are you going to do with it? So you've got a whole blank canvas ahead of you, whether you're 50 years old or 30 years old, go and create the life you want to create. So we do a lot of work with personal development, self-development, and just trying to help people to move their life on to become the next version of themselves rather than just uh, a, a sober version of the life they've always had. It's amazing. I love stuff like that because it, it's so true as well. Like that time at the beginning when you first give up, we always say the weekends just felt hideously long like boring and long. I mean, Lisa bought herself colouring 
books and pencils and you tried loads of stuff didn't you oh I did like I found the weekends to begin with so hard and I was very much like you actually because I believed I was the only other sober person in the world <laughs> bad isn't it you were the only other sober person in your world, that's why. Well, I was, yeah. In your world, it's like only this big. You just don't realise that there's any more to it, do you, when you're drinking? So that is your world. And when I stopped drinking, I didn't know anybody. Um, and I've said this before quite a few times on our podcast, but my mum was fuming with me for stopping drinking. Alex, we lived quite far away, but we'd, when we met up, we would always drink. Um, so... I just didn't know anybody. I was just sat there on my own. So I did. I, I bought myself gifts. I was, I was such a sad, all right. I bought myself a full art set and even wrote a gift note to myself to Lisa. <laughs> we, um, I can't remember, like, keep being awesome or something like that. And then I got it and I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> but these are the things I had to film. I, t- I walked a lot. Uh, but th- technically, this is how Be Sober originally started through my own boredom uh, a weekend. It now takes over my life. But, yeah, very very similar. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I started learning the capital cities of Europe so I can relate to <laughs> the insanity that we go through. That's um, imagine it's stuff like that. For me, because I already see, you probably, you probably don't know our story if we didn't know yours, but Lisa and I have been best friends since we were 11, so like well over 30 years now. And so all we'd ever done, we tried smoking together, we tried drugs together, we tried alcohol together, we grew up in that kind of, we tried everything together. Um, and not, then everything, she, not everything, not <laughs> everything, just putting that out there. <laughs> Alex wanted to, but I always said <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah we'll move on from that um no I um but I literally was never on my own not drinking because I was fuming when she told me she was not drinking like I really I didn't outwardly I was supportive outwardly I was like all right but I didn't want to hear about it couldn't be asked her telling me about what she was doing with a new sober friends that she'd met through sober girl society and then over time Rather than being pissed off that I wasn't going to have somebody to drink shots with, I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. Looks like she's having a good time over there. I'm missing out here. So that's a year later is when I became sober. Is it? Yeah, it's mine's five years this year, isn't it? Because you're six yeah. years this year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a year later. But it's really like, and we were the same. What's next? A lot of my old my um, hobbies now are stuff I did when I was a kid that I gave up because I discovered drink. Yeah, no, then that's what we do a lot of work with to try and rediscover, you know, we say you build yourself, don't you? you've got this beautiful nature when you're a kid and you dream, you lie there in bed and you dream about whether you're going to be a footballer or an actress or a singer or whatever. And you have this real creation that I don't think ever goes away, but it just gets smothered by all the shit. So you go to school and you start, you see the girl group you want to hang around with and you start be- pretending you're a bit more like them. So you're building these shells, you go to the workplace and you become someone else. You get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you got to become someone else. Um, and all the time you're building these different layers like an onion. And then the idea is to obviously just start peeling them back once you go sober and reveal. We talk about, there's a story from the 14th century called the Golden Buddha, which... Um, <laughs> without going into it basically means everyone's got this gold inside them but it just gets coated up with clay and mud and layers and once you start stripping that back and you see a shiny little bit you you only need a little glimmer of it to realize what and everyone's got that inside them the game of self-development and the game once you've given up the booze is to just try and peel back the layers to try and rediscover who you were which ultimately leads us back to quite often with the things we loved as kids which is exactly to your point so i completely get that that's weird that you've mentioned the Buddha because right in the intro of this podcast, Lisa and I were talking about the Buddha. How weird is that? Yeah, we were. That is, that's why we're both friends. <laughs> you know what? It must be difficult that as well with some people because I know when I first stopped, I had no idea who I was or what I wanted to do. Like literally no clue for um, I've said this before as well but like I used to put an application forms for a new job or whatever what my hobbies were socializing socializing spending time with family neither did I really enjoy doing to be quite honest (laughs) but all I knew was drink and I used to be so envious of people that had hobbies like I, I felt like they were a different a world away from me like who are they they must have been brought up differently or whatever which actually brings me because I saw I had a little stalk of your Instagram the other day (laughs) um but you've just been skiing haven't you 
Yeah, I have. On a, on a ski holiday. So is, is that kind of a new thing, though, have you always done stuff like that? No, this is a new thing. And I I, I absolutely love it. And, and my that's the thing, right? This, I say about the 10-year thing with the booze, and I do say that like with a bit of tongue-in-cheek because the reality is, uh, the, the fact is, I, I started skiing a year ago, and I've been on two ski holidays now in the last 12 months. And I love it. And I'm already booking the next one. And I took my wife with me this time. And we just had the best time. She skied for the first time. And I just think that's such a great example of of alcohol-free life, where you can just go, actually, yeah, I'm 40 years old. And I'm going to put a pair of skis for the first time. And I love it. And I can't wait to go back next year. And then it's like, okay, what else can I plunge into my life? And I'm learning Spanish for the first time. I've always wanted to learn Spanish, but I'm learning Spanish. So the, my thing like is... That's amazing. I love stuff like that. Um, but fuck it. Why not? Do you know what I mean? Like, what else are you going to do with your time? Like, you're only here once. You might as well do the things you want to do. So I'm, I'll, I'll learn skiing. I've done that. I can almost pretty much ski now. I've, I'm learning Spanish. So by the end of this year, I've challenged myself to do like a live in Spanish on the dry app so I've got a little really? motivation and I'm like why not and then next year you know when it comes around to January I'll be like right I've done the skiing thing so I can just go skiing what can I learn this year and just even if it's like random shit like I'm just going to keep learning and learning and learning but you won't do that if you if you're constantly boozing every weekend you're not going to do any of that nothing exists so not I think skiing's it, a good example and it's like before, isn't it? Like, because I've always been into fitness, even when I was a drinker, right? So even when I was a drinker, I'd do a bit of running, a little bit of running. I did, I, I did, I did like train for one marathon years ago, and I did kettlebell classes and stuff. But when I stopped drinking, I have now since quit my job. I was a teacher in a college. Quit that. Walked out of it. I'm a personal trainer now. I've retrained, right? And this year, what's weird about you saying that, I know it's not learning anything, but I have decided, I said to my husband the other day, I said, I want to enter a competition for deadlifting. He went, you are? I said, I want, I want to do a powerlifting I competition. I knew this was coming at one point. I know, I know, I'm so sorry. But that's what I want to do. I want to enter a powerlifting competition. So this year, my aim is to get 25 kilograms onto my PB and I'm going to enter a competition where I powerlift. Because I reckon I'll be pretty good at that. Yeah, you What's, will. What is your PB? Right now, 125. Go on, girl. Yeah. So she's well she can literally lift houses. <laughs> Small <laughs> Lego ones. But what I swear, 150 is what I want to lift by the end of this year. And when I can lift when 150, and I'll be 46 by the time I do it. So that'll be pretty good going. Yeah, so and, 150 and I'm going to enter a competition in my age category and I'm going to kick everyone's ass in Manchester. <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, and we, I, I joke about a sort of joke, but I've said about running like marathons and ultra marathons when I'm 70. Is actually, why not? Like, what, why not? People laugh at you, but actually, there is no reason why not. Like, if you continue to build on fitness and health and focus on all the good things in life, then why can't you stretch yourself and do these things? You why will live till you're 96, you, because you've not done enough yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have done a lot. And yeah. I mean, he's got more hunger for more, like to run a marathon oh, at 70. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I just determined not to go and be one of, you know, I think I know people that are, are 60 and they look 70. Or I know people that are yeah. 40, 40, people, 40 years old and they're like writing themselves, grinning themselves off. I'm like, yeah. I can't like, believe it. Somebody said, I saw it on somebody's Facebook who were not, they were in my ear at school and they were like, oh, it's because I'm getting old. I was like, what? Like, why would that even come out of your mouth? It infuriates me. You know, when I'm with clients and they're like a year younger than me and they'll say, and they drag me into it, they go, it's our age. I go, speak for your fucking self. It's your age, it ain't mine. (laughs) (laughs) You're a swine for that though. I know. I know, yeah. Not as bad anymore, but before we stopped drinking, Alex would say things like, can you wear that alarm? I'm so sorry yeah. if you can. I don't know what to do about that because it's not mine. So we just, just carry it on. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> ignore it. Ignore it. But yeah, Alex would say like, oh, we're getting old, aren't we? Don't we look old? I'd be like, fuck off, we. You might love. <laughs> but honestly, my whole outlook's changed on it now. And I think that again is sobriety when you suddenly realise that you, you don't, it's only society that makes you feel like you can or that you've got to live a certain way or that you shouldn't or, you know, you know, all those things that like, why shouldn't you like you say, why not? Who said? Yeah. And also there's shit that comes, if you're drinking all the time and you then eating all the shit that comes with it and you're not getting the right quality sleep and you're not getting outdoors. And it's literally like, I say, 
it's like a T junction of life. Like you literally turn one way. When you, if I speak to someone now and I say, look, you can stop drinking tomorrow or you can carry on drinking tomorrow. You're going to, the paths are very close together, but over a period of time, those paths get very, very far away, like miles and miles and miles apart. And you end up completely different sides of the world. And um, I think if you follow the sober path or even the live a majority alcohol-free life, if you can do that, then you're going to live in a much better place. You're going to be much healthier. You're going to be, you're going to age much better than anyone. You know, at 70 years old, you're going to look 60, you're going to feel 50. And yeah. yeah, you can do whatever you want, really, can't you? You know what I love? You've inspired me again. I used to be so, I, I loved my sober life and I still do. But like just listening to you there has made me think maybe I've not been appreciative enough this last few. <laughs> you know what you got to do though? You've got you to keep, keep it fresh. I think it's like the key to a good relationship is like, yeah. don't just settle. Like don't just settle and watch Netflix. Like do shit. Like challenge yourself. Go skiing with your partner for the first time at forty. Yeah. Like do stuff like with it because you got one life. Use it or or you're just going to become st- everything gets stagnant. Why do you want to go skiing now? Oh, I'm so annoyed. I think I might come with you. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go together? Honestly, I've been, it's been niggling at me for ages. And what I've started going is, oh, I don't want to do that skiing. I'll end up breaking something. But that is so like me to say things like that you. I, know. I used to get so I used to get so jealous so like I for years I've looked at people you know you get to this time of year you look on Instagram people are skiing and fuck yeah. off and um and then it was only like in the last few years I thought I think I'm jealous that's why I, I get so I wonder if I have been because um yeah literally then as soon as you flip on his head and you go skiing then you're like, you can't get enough of it. Like, I too can be a ski wanker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember a girl at primary school and she used to go skiing and I thought she were a right snob. Right. But maybe, maybe I was just really jealous. Yeah, and I now t- it's so sad that but I was you know so what? jealous. It, the best thing about skiing it is the fact you're up in the mountains you've got that fresh air like you're doing something that's challenging you You feel like you're getting away from life you don't have to you don't have to have loads of money to do it anymore because you can just book a flight to geneva for 60 quid and an airbnb for 300 quid and you can just go and get ski high for 50 quid it's not that bad ski lift a bit did you get on with that all right that worries me what get on the actual lift? Get to get up, yeah. yeah. She means like physically getting on and off it. Nothing oh, more. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of hairy moments, but once you figure it out, um, you're all right. It, it's, I'd be on it all day going round. Going <laughs> <laughs> up and down, up and down. No, I feel like because I, I love being outside. I love, but I had this feeling with people that used to paddleboard and kayak and stuff, and then I got a paddleboard and kayak, and I remember me and Rob. My daughter rang me actually, and I was in the middle of a lake in the Lake District, and she'd FaceTime me, and I answered. And I loved that I was able to show her that this is what you know. Like years ago, I'd have been in a pub somewhere, like what, what? I can't hear you, I can't hear you. And I answered my phone on a FaceTime, just relaxed on this paddleboard in the middle of the most beautiful lake. And I'm like, I'm so glad I can show her stuff like that. But that were things that I thought the other people did that. I can now do, but now I want to go skiing dead bad. Do it. So you can learn. There's places in Manchester. There's an indoor place up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, the chill yeah. factor, yeah. Mm. So go Did and have a little lesson. you do that first before yeah. you Yeah, there's a place down in Milton Keynes down near here that's um same thing. I think it's the same company, but... Yeah, you can just do it. I did a lesson. I did an all-day lesson there to start off with. And then I went skiing on a stag do and sort of learned pretty hard way because I was being all like, I could do this. And then had yeah. a couple of had a couple of near-fatal accidents. And then I kind of humbled myself a little bit. Um, and then I just had to practice, 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 and then booked another lesson before I went this time. And then spent a lot more time on the sort of green runs this time, just teaching myself to be in control. And then now I've pretty much got it. So yeah, it's That's definitely so good. Even if you just saw it as Joe, you know I'm sober. I've saved a few quid. I want to do something. I'm going to go skiing for the afternoon. Just if you just booked a Should lesson. We go, Alex. Should we go to yeah. Chill Factor? Yeah. Should we book it? Yeah. I'll book it right after this. I'm yeah. doing it. Let's right. Do it. Let's do it. We're going to go. Yeah. Although one of our members has just damaged both knees skiing, haven't you? Who is it? Lisa. Oh, I sure. Yeah. All like, right. Yeah, well, I won't damage my knees. I'm going to give it a go. And if I do, yeah. they'll fix. They'll be yeah, we'll right. go. We'll go to the chill. I'm so excited. We're going to go, go. skiing. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we'll there go. There you go. Make sure you Just send me a picture. Just love the gear. 
I will have all the gear. No idea. I love back. I'm going to Iceland at the end of this month and I've got a full ski outfit. So I'm already ready. <laughs> yeah, my, my missus looks like she looked like some sort of social influencer from for the ski world, like, but she'd never skied it before in her life. But that'll be me in Iceland at the end of the month. The best one there, but she was then snow plowing the whole way. Down. <laughs> <laughs> that'll also be Lisa next month. <laughs> it will. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's been so lovely speaking to you. We need to meet. We need to come on one of your events down yeah, in London. We, we are down in London in April, so. There you go. Yeah, let, let's let's get in touch properly on off, you know, on Instagram or whatever because there's loads we're doing. Maybe we can um because we're doing a dry festival in June, so oh, maybe we can wow. do something. We can collaborate, give you guys a little offer or something like that. So we'll we'll have a chat offline if you want. Yeah, that yeah, you stay there. Yeah, stay on afterwards. Um, I just want to mention actually that Barbara has got a Peak District Sunrise Walk that she's doing a bit of a collaboration with Be Sober and Dry. And that is on the 3rd of March at 6.30am, which is on our website as well. So if anybody fancies a collaboration between Be Sober and Dry, going and seeing the sunrise, um, then look on our website. So basically, as this goes out, because it goes out in like just before that, so yeah. there we go. It's very close. So get it on and get out there. <laughs> quick, quick. <laughs> <laughs> They're there now. Drive. <laughs> We've got one more question for you, Matt. We ask it to all our guests and it's about our motto. So our motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. Which of those do you most relate to right now and why? Um, Be brave, be kind, be sober. Yeah. Um... Probably the bravery one because um, because I'm in a bit of a maverick mood at the minute and I always get like at the start of the year where I'm, and I get really excited about January because I'm like, right, new year, new goals, I'm going to smash loads of new stuff and and I feel like just being, I feel, I've got this real thing at the minute where I feel like you only live once and like, fuck it. If you're thinking about it, just do it. And I think that that ties in with the bravery thing. So there's there's things I've got up my sleeve that I really want to, I'm going to do, and I'm just trying to refine it. Like the, the festival, I've got no right to put on my own festival, but fuck it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, you have. Um, yeah, you have. It sounded dead like you already got it. I'm doing a dry festival. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, I am doing it. But then, uh, you know, and then who knows what we're going to do. So, yeah, I think be brave. And I think that comes that hand, hand in hand with... Um, sobriety and being kind isn't it you be kind to yourself you get sober and then be brave because if you don't be brave and make bold make bold decisions and learn new things and go skiing and learn spanish and start a festival like what's the point you're just going to still like i said don't ever become the person who's just watching tv with your partner um just it. not drink watching them drink not drinking because that's shit and that's only going to lead you backwards and you're not making the most of the blank canvas you got in front of you love, I love that answer absolutely love it be brave Stay there. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. See you later. Stay there. See you later. (laughs) See you later, but stay. Don't like what? (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We really do appreciate your support. So to stay updated with our latest episodes, be sure to follow or subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to share the Be Sober Love with your friends, helping us reach even more people. If you're interested in learning more about the impactful work we do or you want to become part of our incredible Be Sober community, visit our website at besoberofficial.com. There you'll find all the information you need and discover how you can get involved. We look forward to welcoming you into our community of changemakers. Until next time, be brave, be kind and be sober. sober.